What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Untold Stories Athlete Edition, Episode 3. If you're new, welcome. My name is Brianna Garcia. I'm the host of the podcast. And a little background about what the Untold Stories is about. I just interview Baylor student-athletes, and I get to know them through things like faith, education, family, friends, or even just getting to know about them as athletes with their sport. So today for my third episode, I have uh, Caroline Fuller. Hi, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm so excited. <laughs> Me too. Caroline Fuller is on the equestrian team. She is a senior out of Denver, North Carolina. She's in the Jumping Sea event, which I don't really know much about now, but during the podcast, we'll get more into it later. And just a little bit more background of Caroline. She's a biology major, and she's gotten all Big 12 Academic Rookie of the Year in 2019. And then in 2020 and this year, 2021, she's gotten academic all-team Big 12 Academics, which is incredible. I know that's really hard being like in a sport and being like a biology mm -hmm. major, and you're pursuing nursing school, correct? Yeah. Yes. And also, this... This past September and October, Caroline has gotten two writer, Big 12 writer of the month, mm -hmm. correct? Which no Baylor equestrian writer has gotten in history at Baylor University. So that's incredible. I love it. Pretty exciting. Yeah. So basically, the first question I ask all of the student athletes is why you chose Baylor University. So whenever I was like starting to look for schools, just like out of high school, um, I was in California at the time we had moved from North Carolina to California. And I knew that I didn't want to stay in California, but I wasn't sure if I was quite ready to go all the way back east again. And a lot of schools that I just had liked ended up to be in Texas. So me and my dad came down to Texas and just like looked at all the schools here, you know, like Baylor, TCU, SMU, A&M kind of did the whole thing. And so all of those schools have um, an NCAA D1 equestrian team, which I really wanted to do coming out of high school, but um, I wasn't quite sure if I was going to be able to just recruiting wise. And so I had been talking to coaches at kind of all of those schools, definitely had a couple backup schools kind of back east that I was considering going to if I didn't make a team. And then, honestly, I was kind of down to be, being between Baylor and TCU were kind of my top schools. Like, I just loved both the campuses, like, had good tours, like, talked to some great people, like, knew a couple people on the team. And then, honestly, it really just came down to the fact that, um, like, not being heavily recruited, I didn't have a whole lot of options um, for where I could ride and Baylor was the first school that offered me a spot and I said all right <laughs> like I wasn't gonna wait around to hear from any other coaches till the spring which would have been my next option and I fell in love with the school as soon as I stepped on the campus and that's pretty much it really just the fact that I really wanted to ride and that was real, realistically going to be kind of my option to get started with it yeah no I think that is incredible I think it's so cool that you kind of had like your options open mm -hmm. and you right when they offered you a spot you were like okay let's do it you took that leap of faith which yeah. is really cool and I've heard a lot of other student athletes kind of have that similar thing that they're just like they get that offer and they're like okay let's do it and also so you were a walk-on mm -hmm. as a freshman correct and now you're like one of the top riders on the equestrian team so can you talk a little bit about you know, how that whole process was for you. 
Yeah, so coming onto the team, you know, like like I just kind of had talked about a little bit, like I was like, I was just like a little bit here kind of like by luck, like one coach offered me a walk-on spot and I just kind of took it and ran with it. And um, I just like, like came onto the team just having like, just like really trying super hard to have that great positive attitude and just be thankful that I was there in the first place. And um, I was really lucky and fortunate to have a coach that really did like pay attention to everybody. And I kind of got pulled from that, not like walk on spot, but just the spot of like not doing a whole lot practicing, you know, maybe once or twice a week. And um, she just kind of saw something in me that was like, well, I guess I should give her a chance. And then I kind of, I went from um, my fall semester freshman year practicing once or twice a week. And then in the spring semester was when things kind of flipped around a little bit and I got thrown into five, six days of practice a week. And it took a little while to kind of get used to it and make that adjustment going like halfway through the year from not doing a whole lot competition wise to really just kind of being thrown right into it. And I just tried my best to, you know, work as hard as I could every day, just have a great attitude and practice, be as helpful as I could and just, you know, do all the things consistently. And it's definitely been a long road. I've definitely had, um, like, definitely come quite a ways, like, as far as, like, competing and just confidence in the ring and out of the ring and on the team. And it's really just been a great experience overall. And it's, like, really cool that, like, I get to, like, say like that's kind of where I came from like I didn't just start at the top and cruise my way through you know I kind of had to start from like the very bottom of being a little bit of a nobody to working my way up yeah do you have like any advice for other student athletes that maybe were in or could be currently in that position that are trying to get to that more where they're competing and traveling and things like that yeah for sure I'd say the biggest thing that coaches and teammates notice the most would be just like your everyday attitude just in everything like at team meetings and practice and workouts and class like how you act and the things you say around your teammates gets noticed so much more than you think whether it's just like whether you're saying stuff or not whether it's just like the look you have on your face just like being grateful and appreciative to be there and just putting in that hard work day in and day out to where it's noticed by your coaches. Yeah. And I know when you were giving me your response to your first question, you were talking about practicing like once, twice a week, and then you mm -hmm. got moved to five to six times. And I know a little bit about that with like equestrian practices, but a lot of people don't. So can you kind of explain like what the equestrian sport of D1 college looks like in, you know, the practicing once yeah. or twice or multiple times a week and things like that? Yeah, for sure. So we have, we actually have a really, really big team here at Baylor. We have around 65 people. So obviously we can't all practice at once. That would just be super chaotic. Yeah. And uh, so equestrian in college is um, split up into, you have a Western side and a jumping seat side. And I do jumping seat. And so we have about, it's probably pretty even like 30 Western and 30 jumping seat student athletes. So even with just the 30 of us, like it's way more productive and we don't have enough horses to practice 30 people at once. So our practices get split into, I'd say groups of about four to five people ish. Um, and based on like how much you're competing, because 
during competitions, we only have five roster spots. And then there's a couple extra positions, whether it be like alternate or exhibition, which are competing, but they're not like counted into the overall score. Um, so the people that are in those probably five to 10 spots practice a lot more than people who don't compete, um, really just because like of the time that the coaches have and the time available in the ring and the horse, the horses that we have, just how many we have that are capable of doing everything. Um, so I kind of lost my train of thought. You're good. You're good. <laughs> but, um, so yeah, so for practices, like some people practice once or twice a week if you're not competing and some people that are competing practice like five to six days. Yeah. And do you think those people that don't practice as much, it can kind of get difficult of like building relationships with your coaches, with your teammates and things like that? Yeah, for sure. Which like, I feel like I can talk on a good bit because like I have been in both of those positions, like those one to two days a week. Um, yeah, it can be difficult to build like a good relationship with your coach or some of your teammates that you might only see at practice if you don't have classes with them or maybe you only see them for an hour during the morning at workouts or whatnot. Um, but yeah, because the coaches like that's like another thing, too, that I would say, like I would suggest for like people kind of in like those positions that like want to work their way up um, would be to kind of go out of your way to like just like stop in your coach's office and like say hey and like try to like make that extra effort to build those relationships with your coaches or with your teammates um when you might not realistically see them like as much as other people would okay and a lot of people talk about equestrian the first thing they want to talk about is the horses because i think a lot of people know you can't travel with all your yeah. horses to <laughs> away meets and things like that. So can you kind of explain how y'all are training with different horses to help prepare y'all for like competition and stuff like that? Yeah, for sure. So we have, I'd say a, around 30-ish jumping seat horses maybe that could be totally off, but that's just what I guess. Um, and so when we have a whole meet, um, we use our horses at home and the that's why there's such like a big like home team advantage for our sport because like even though like it's kind of randomized draw which horse we get to ride and the way that it works is like so someone from the away school and say me or someone else competing um would both be riding the same horse and then it's judged based like on whoever does a better job on that horse wow so obviously if you know the horse if you ride them weekly in practice and like get to practice on them before the um, meet, then that's a pretty big advantage versus um, if you're coming from an away school or when we travel to away meets, um, you get four minutes. And for me, for the jumping seat, we get four jumps. And the course that we do is around nine or 10 jumps. So you get to pick four and you have four minutes to kind of try to figure the horse out. And then you just have to go in and do your best, which is a lot different than riding outside of um, college, like in high school or before this, or just outside in general, is that you usually have like your own horse that you're riding consistently every day. So you know them pretty well. Yeah. And four minutes. That's <laughs> insane. That's like being like playing tennis with like your partner and literally just talking to them for like four minutes, yeah. getting to know them and just playing, which I think that is just 
insane. So in that four minutes, you said you're like trying to get to know the horse in a type of way. Can you explain how you like try to understand that horse whenever you're doing the jumping seat? Cause I know with like the mm-hmm. strides and things like that. Yeah. So a lot of it like does depend just kind of on the horse's attitude. If they're a little bit like, maybe they're a little faster or a little bit slower, or, like they like just like a little bit of a softer ride or maybe not. Um, and yeah, like, like you said, like the strides of the horses are a lot different. So you have to kind of adjust a little bit, like how you ride to fit like a certain number of strides in between the jumps. And, <laughs> and every horse probably has a different stride. Yeah. But like is the, there like a way that if you're on the horse, can you like feel? Yeah. Like it's like, that's something that you just develop like okay. over time, just like, and that's like a big part of it too, is like, you have to like be able to like get on any horse and kind of like adjust the way that you ride. Cause they're not going to adjust to you too much. Like they'll yeah. help you out here and there, but like realistically, like you do have to just be able to adapt like really quickly and just kind of work with what you're working with. And some schools have really, really nice horses that might be a little bit easier to figure out and get along with sooner. And then some schools, like you might have a lot harder of a time trying to figure out the best way to ride them. Yeah. And so when y'all are at practice at, you know, at Baylor, do Mm y'all practice with a different horse every week or every day that you're practicing? So I would say like our coaches do a good job of trying to kind of rotate us through. Like, so we are like are consistently practicing on like getting to ride all the horses that we have. And out of those 30 that we have, um, probably around like 10 of them, kind of like we have kind of like the same like roster of horses that we use for competing and then okay. a good bit of other horses that we just use in practice. Got it. Um, so she tries to keep us a little bit on the kind of show horses, the roster horses, especially when we have home meets coming up. And then maybe if we have an away meet, then we'll prepare a little bit more by riding the ones that we don't ride quite as often to try to like kind of get back into that mentality of just being able to adapt and adjust to whatever you're working with. Yeah, and that's good that y'all do that at and during like practice so it can prepare mm-hmm. you for competitions. And I know you mentioned whenever you were doing equestrian before college, you had one horse, correct, that you were like always training yeah. and competing with. How was that? How were you able to adjust that when you came to college? So for me, I kind of had like a little bit of an advantage of so outside of school, like, yeah, I had my own horse and stuff. Um, but I did like have the opportunity to ride and show a lot of like my trainer's horses and riding other clients horses or my friends horses and just like kind of having that opportunity to kind of prepare myself a little bit by riding different horses or kind of like that same thing um, of where maybe I would like compete on a horse that like I hadn't ridden before and I think a lot of that prepared me well for the way that this works I literally it's so different like I had no idea how it worked like at all before I came here like it's not something that like like it's like super people are super super familiar with like at all really until like we get here um and especially for like people that don't know the sport of equestrian like it's like a like whole foreign place like yeah like it's just like not super common and but it's really cool yeah no I was gonna say just I'm so excited to go to y'all's I know I'm so excited you're coming have you ever seen like people not be able to adjust to Mm. being with different horses all the time 
Like, is that common for people just to not click with different horses every practice? Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, for sure. I mean, like, there's definitely some horses that we have that I don't get along great with. or, yeah. And that's why, like, it makes it hard for coaches, too, to recruit people because they see um, they see the people, like, when they're out watching them compete outside, like, in high school or trying to find people to come join the team and recruit um, – they see them riding their own horses. So it's kind of hard to tell for the coaches sometimes like how they're going to do like on college horses. Cause like all of our horses are donated too, So they're all here for a reason. Maybe they're like a little bit on the crazy side. <laughs> <laughs> they all have a range yeah, of personalities. Like, like they're all here for some reason. <laughs> they got donated. Yeah. And I would never think, <laughs> yeah, I would never think about the college coaches even having difficulty recruiting people because you know it's never going to be the same with club I don't know with equestrian uh -huh. um things like that going into college so just every aspect of equestrian just has some sort of difficulty that most sports don't have so I think it's super cool and especially whenever y'all compete it's definitely like great to get to know that about the sport so mm -hmm. okay <laughs> cool Alrighty guys, I want to take a minute about talking about an amazing clothing brand. It's called Born to Me and it's owned by Daniel Talley. He's awesome and I love what he's doing with the brand. The, the story about it is amazing. It's the goal is simple. They aim to give every individual the opportunity to, and this is on their website, one, acknowledge who they are, two, accept who they are, and three, embrace who they are. So their clothing, they only have four products, but I mean, I wear their hoodie constantly. It has like an amazing satin hood to it, which doesn't really damage your hair much. So I highly recommend it. It will be linked on my YouTube and also on Spotify and y'all should go check it out. And you can use Brianna one, B-R-I-A-N-A, -A, the number one, and you can get 15% off on your clothing. Alrighty, cool. Okay, we're gonna switch it up a little bit. So we're gonna talk about your family and how they've supported you through this sport. I know equestrian can be a pretty expensive sport mm -hmm. and, you know, how they how they have supported you, things like yeah. that. Yeah, no, my family has been, like, like, so incredibly supportive. Like, I started riding horses whenever I was about five years old. And it just kind of, like, I did, like, all the sports, you know, like, trying to figure out, like, what I liked, you know, like, basketball, volleyball, soccer, kind of a little bit of everything. And just happened to stick with, like, the horse thing. And my parents, like, really have been amazing, like, supporting me through that, like, since I was five up until now. And, like, I know they're always, like, going to be supportive of me. And it's, like, it's so much more than, like, just them, like, helping me financially. You're just, like, kind of going along with it, like, traveling with me and everything and coming to the meets and stuff. It's just, like, it really just, like, shows that, like, and... Uh, <laughs> It's okay. <laughs> you can lose your train of thought. But what I was saying is like my parents Sorry. are just no you're good. Are just so supportive of like everything I decide to do, like whether it be like with sports or with school or outside of school, just in life, like with everything. Um, like my whole family has just like supported like every decision that I've made and it's just so like comforting to know that like they're always gonna have my back and I've like kind of changed my mind a couple of times with like my major and like 
my track for like what I want to do with um, my whole life really. <laughs> and mm. just every time that I like pick up the phone and call them like, hey, like changing my major again today. <laughs> like they're just like, oh, like great. Like what, what can we do? Like, like how do we, like how do you need to get prepared for like this next step and everything? And it's just like, they've really been amazing. Yeah, I love that. I'm going to piggyback off of that because that's kind of like the same thing I'm going through too. Like I wanted to become like a news reporter, but then I wanted to start this podcast. And like my parents' generation, podcasts are not very big. Mm -hmm. They don't really understand much about it. And they just want me to be happy. And they're like, whatever you need, we got you. And having parents like that, especially like with your sport and all that really helps. And one thing I was thinking of when you were speaking is how did you get involved with equestrian or like did your parents find it or um honestly like like I mean I was pretty young so like I don't remember too much but I mean yeah like I like it was just kind of like another sport to try like something kind of Probably, I, I'm sure my parents were thinking more that it was just going to be like kind of like a fun little hobby for whenever <laughs> I was a kid, not, <laughs> not quite this long of a road. Um, but yeah, I mean, I just kind of tried it out and just happened to like it and really stuck with it. Yeah, no, I think that's su super cool and incredible. And so you were talking about how you were like switching majors and things like that and being a bio, a biology major and being in a sport I know is a lot. I've heard from a lot of other student athletes, how difficult it is. Can you talk about how you've been able to manage your time with your sport and with your academics? Yeah, for sure. So I've like, so I've actually been a bio major, like my whole time in school, like I just keep changing the track that I'm on. So I was like pre PA for a while and then pre med for a really long time. And then just this past spring semester last year, I switched to nursing. Um, so like the whole time, like I've been like having to take like super hard classes and unfortunately I was pre-med for most of the time. So I did take a lot of classes that I don't end up needing now. Um, but just as far as like the time management, um, you just have to really, really be like dedicated and like committed to what you want to do and know that like if you put in the hours and all the time and effort now, like it's really going to pay off and it's really going to help to develop you as a person and like going into the rest of your life, like looking back, like knowing like, hey, like I was able to manage like being a D1 athlete and being a pre-med bio major or whatever major, like I know like they're honestly all super hard and pretty time consuming. Um, so just like knowing that if you like really do just like focus and put in the time and effort like you're going to be able to figure everything out and um you know we do have a great like you know like in Baylor athletics like our support there like with athletics and academics and we really do have like a lot of like super great options to help keep us on track with that yeah I never really realized that until now as well so I think that's super cool mm -hmm. and do you have any like time and management like techniques that you use or like advice that you've seen that's helped you through your college I just try to really like stay a little bit ahead of my school whenever I can um you know like and I tried to make my schedule like throughout the years to where I wouldn't have too many super hard classes at once um but there's I don't <laughs> I don't know, honestly. Okay. <laughs> like, I, don't I don't really, really know kind of how I managed it. I just like, just like would try to sit down. And if I was doing homework, I would just try to like 
get as much done as I could, like maybe set a timer for like an hour or something or like say like, okay, from seven to eight, like I'm just going to do this and then I'll take a break for a little while or whatever. But no, just like, like trying to stay on top of everything as much as you can and not really get too behind. Yeah, I think that's super cool. And with you going into nursing, I think you can take the qualities of being a student athlete going into that. And I think, I mm -hmm. hope you really like it. Alrighty, so for this last part, I post your bio and things like that on Sikkim 365 and I ask them mm -hmm. questions that they may want to ask you. So I have about three questions I'm going to be asking you. So the first one is from Debekins. I'm so sorry if I say your name wrong. So his daughter is 13 years old and she's been riding for about five years and is involved in the U.S. Pony Club. And he wants to know what's the best way to support that pursuit and what type of goals should she have for improving in dressage and jumping, et cetera, things like that. Yeah, so I would say um, if she wants to ride in college, you know, like kind of like we were talking about, like how like you're riding so many different horses all the time. Um, like the more experience I would say that she has just like riding different horses and everything like that's like really going to help her out in the future. And, you know, when she is like kind of getting to that recruiting age um, where coaches can start talking to her, just like really be persistent about like, you know, like sending them videos and just like reaching out. And um, I would say just really like just keep with it and keep working hard, like keep training a lot and as much as you can. And you could yeah. definitely get there. Yeah, no, I definitely can I think just having like the different horses aspect mm -hmm. can help people a lot and I just learned that from talking to you for yeah like 20 <laughs> minutes so my next one is from brown bw and he said which horse is your favorite mm, I would say we have one named teddy and I actually took him home one summer <gasps> wow. to like a barn that I was riding at like outside of school um so he's probably my favorite and why is he your favorite um He's just so sweet. He has the best personality. <laughs> so what's like a bad personality? What would y'all call them? I mean, like the personality is like, is really just like, kind of like what you like, whether they're like a little sweeter, like sassier. But um, as far as like the ones we use for like showing and stuff, like on the roster, um, really depends like a lot on like, their like experience that they had like before they came to school and just like in general like how like fancy they are do y'all have like sheets of like the horse and it says like this horse is hot-headed or yeah no we actually do oh, like wow. for like for um like the like away schools that are coming in to compete against us we give them like a sheet with it's called a horse description sheet and it just says like probably like one sentence about the horse that like that's crazy to try to help them out a little bit can some horses that say certain things on that sheet can they perform completely different than what that sheet like if let's say if oh, a yeah. horse is like bad can they perform better whenever they're out there on the ring is that what it's yeah called? yeah okay. for sure i mean like i'd say we definitely have some that like come out a lot better on competition day than they do in everyday practice for some reason. That's but sneaky. They just I know. know. They just want to get in your they head. They do. <laughs> Alrighty. And then the last question is from Ashley Hodge. He asked, how does it feel to dominate the Texas schools this year? And which school whined more after losing <laughs> TCU or A&M? <laughs> I would say A&M probably whined a little bit more, yeah. but it's been a great season so far. It's been super fun. Like, I feel like 
we've been super consistent as a team and I'm really excited to see where it's going to take us. Yeah. And y'all are number three right now, right? Yeah. In the nation. Uh-huh. I know we were, I saw y'all lost to Oklahoma state. Who's number yeah. one by one point. Yeah, no, we were number like eight or nine for a lot of the year last year. And then when we went to nationals, you know, it's like the seeds where it's like number one goes against number eight or whatnot. Um, and we actually beat Auburn who was number one and, now we're working was our way it, back to the top. Was it home or away? So nationals is like more neutral. Okay. So at it's like it was in Waco. Um, this year it's in Florida, which would be super fun. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> but so it's at a it's at a place that like nobody competes at during okay. the year to make it as fair as possible. Yeah. No, I love that. Well, thank you, Caroline. That was awesome. Of course. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I've learned so much um, about equestrian, about yourself. I think. You're an amazing person, and, you know, that's the whole point of this podcast. I want people to not just know that you're an athlete, but more with what's underneath with, like, your family and them supporting you in school and things like that and you pursuing nursing school. I think that is awesome. Um, If you want to have more updates on the Untold Stories, you can follow the YouTube channel called The Untold Stories Athlete Edition and also on Spotify. It's called the same thing, The Untold Stories Athlete Edition. And on Sikkim 365, I post weekly things about what's going to be coming next. Hopefully, I can do men's basketball. They just started their season, so that one's going to be a little tricky. And then next week in Equestrian, we'll have their home meet at 11 a.m. on Friday and Saturday. So I'm super excited to get to go watch. And if any of the listeners or watchers are in Waco, y'all should come and stop by and support. Thank you, guys.